Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you doing, dear ones? I'm happy to be with you. I caught a little whopper of a cold, so I'm probably going to be blowing my nose and sneezing through this hour. But it's okay. I ask you to pray with me that it doesn't become more than that. But I'm doing just fine. And I pray you are too. And um, we have said this week that because I was gone um, most of last week, that we would begin to take your calls and emails after the first break rather than after the second break and have more time together. But I'm going to break from that this morning. Uh, There has been an email uh, that I didn't get to, and um, I think it was from a day or two ago, um, of uh, someone who wrote in, and she I don't have it with me at the moment, but she said that she... um, was talking to her pastor and uh, apparently gave him the message that Cardinal Burke, at least that I had mentioned Cardinal Burke, had said uh, concerning the sacraments and the dispensation of Sunday Mass. And Cardinal Burke had said that um, no human being has the power to dispense us from the Sunday Mass obligation because it's not a human law, it's a divine law. And so... Uh, she communicated that to her pastor, and I think he got quite angry, and he countered it, and she's asking me where that is, if I could give her a reference. So I've looked it up, and um, it was Cardinal uh, Raymond Burke's uh, message uh, from the Rome Life Forum of May 20th of this year, a couple of months back, And I looked it up and I have it. And when I first saw it, it was simply by the video. But the entire talk has been transcribed and anybody can go. I'm going to give you the website because you can print it out. You can take it to your pastors, your bishops. And uh, Cardinal Burke is quite an authority in the church. He was the... uh, um, uh, the prefect of the Apostolic Signatura, <clears throat> the highest uh, canonical office of the church uh, for, uh, I think it's five years, I forget the term, um, but he is a, a, one of the most respected canon lawyers of the church, tremendously knowledgeable, very faithful, and um, he does not speak lightly when he speaks. Um, the website is voiceofthefamily.com, Voice of the family.com. I recommend Voice of the Family Beloved. I I look into every single thing they do. They're international and they uh, combine a few organizations which include LifeSite News. So if you want to look it up, it's voiceofthefamily.com forward slash Fatima. Now, the next words I'm going to give you are all hyphenated. Fatima, heaven's answer to a world in crisis. Heavens hyphen answer hyphen to hyphen a hyphen world hyphen in hyphen crisis. Um, okay, voiceofthefamily.com forward slash Fatima 
Heaven's Answer to a World in Crisis. And I'm going to read the talk that Cardinal Burke gave on um, May 20th on, at the online, and normally the, the conference is held in Rome, but because of the virus this year, it was held online with a, a lineup of absolutely top, top, top speakers. Cardinal Burke was the first, um, and it's on the theme of coronavirus in the light of Fatima, a tragedy and source of hope. Um, and again, it was organized by Voice of the Family. Uh, you, you need to look them up. The a most, in my mind, the number one outstanding uh, coordination of Orthodox Catholics, pro-life people, uh, Orthodoxy in the church. Uh, I think they're absolutely number one. And so I'm going to read to you Cardinal Burke's talk. Um, there's no way we'll finish before the first break. I hope we'll finish before the second break. This is absolutely worth listening to. So, and right after the second break, we'll take your calls. Um, and I'll give out the toll-free number right at the beginning. It's toll-free 1-877-511-5483. And um, it will just, uh, the call screener will hold your calls in the order you've called in if you wish to call in, and I'll take them in that order. So Cardinal Burke begins, We are living through the most trouble and trub- troubled and troubling times. A virus has been in some way unleashed, traveling to all parts of the world. Now, some of them is, this is going to seem outdated because we already know this, but uh, Cardinal Burke, this is two months ago, is kind of putting things together. And he continues, It has caused and is causing many to suffer from the associated illness, COVID-19, to a greater or lesser degree. Many have died and are dying, either directly from the illness or from complications of which the illness is a part. In response to the spread of the contagion, many governments have imposed severe restrictions on the movement of their citizens, confining citizens to their homes and closing down the operation of all but essential services. The effect on the economy of families, local communities, and nations has been devastating. The origin of the virus remains yet unclear. Now, this is two months ago. It's becoming clearer by the day, we think. But the reports about its nature and course are conflicting. At present, there is a forceful debate about whether its course will now permit us to resume our daily activities or whether, because of a threat of the resurgence of the contagion, we must continue to live confined to our homes. Now, uh, again, Cardinal Burke is speaking from Rome and uh, not just the United States, uh, although he'll speak about chiefly the, the U.S., but of course it's all over the world. He continues, We've received, We receive ports, reports from those who are retained uh, to be experts that are clearly contradictory. There is also a legitimate fear of unscrupulous persons using the health crisis for political and economic ends. And I think, personally, I think that's becoming clearer every day. Cardinal Burke continues, a peculiar aspect of the resulting international health crisis, what is called a pandemic, is that the greater body of the healthy are placed under severe restrictions 
even regarding their practice of the faith, on the assumption that infection with the virus often remains hidden until it suddenly manifests itself. In a certain way, each of us becomes a possible danger to others. In such a situation, natural human interaction is rendered severely limited. Among some, the situation has led to constant worry about possible infection and the nurture of an illusion that somehow we can create a perfectly sanitary environment in which we will not be threatened by any bacteria or virus or in which, by prophylactic measures, including universally imposed vaccination, we will be protected with certainty against the coronavirus. With regard to vaccination, listen to this, beloved. With regard to vaccination, it must be clear that it is never morally justified to develop a vaccine through the use of the cell lines of aborted fetuses. The thought of the introduction of such a vaccine into one's body is rightly abhorrent. And beloved, they've already done this. They've already manufactured vaccines using aborted fetuses, cell lines of aborted fetuses. So we need to be very, very careful and responsible about that. Cardinal Burke says at the same time, it must be clear that vaccination itself cannot be imposed in a totalitarian manner on citizens. Now, it's hard for me not to comment on this in between because we, some of us think that that's exactly what the government is planning. Without the vaccination, we may not be able to travel or shop or anything. So once it is uh, given out, and, and it's already been experimenting. So uh, this is very, very important. It must be clear that vaccination itself cannot be imposed in a totalitarian manner on citizens. When the state takes on such a practice, it violates the integrity of its citizens. While the state can provide reasonable regulations for the safeguarding of health, it is not the ultimate provider of health. God is. Whatever the state proposes must respect God and his law. Now, I intervene here to say, uh, in general, the state does not respect uh, God and his law. And it does begin to act in a totalitarian manner. I think we're heading this way. But this is Cardinal Burke's talk, and every bit of every word of it is perfect. But again, the government may not respect that, and we have to be prepared. Cardinal Burke continues. The, oops. Oh, dear. There's the music for our first break already. I talk too much. Um, I'm, when, I'm, when I'm commenting through this, I'm anticipating what some of you may also say, because we are coming upon fearful times, and the government does not respect God or his laws in general. And, and those who do are fired. Bishops, priests who speak out this way are simply uh, uh, put out of their parishes and, and suspended. So very, very difficult. We'll be right back after the break, beloved. Uh, I'm going to sneeze. See you after the break.
Are you having a hard time keeping up with all that's going on these days in the Vatican? Did you know that LifeSite puts out a monthly print news magazine in beautiful full color? Our magazine, Faithful Insight, gives you all the most important coverage from Rome and lets you read it away from the computer, phone, or tablet. It summarizes dozens of new happenings down to the essentials, but provides full analysis on all the most important developments. Faithful Insight brings you the coverage of the Vatican that you know and expect from LifeSite in a different form. It has received high praise from cardinals, bishops, priests, and faithful who want to stay abreast of the most crucial battle in our time, the battle for the soul of the Church. Subscribe today at faithfulinsight.com and may God bless you. Catholic Radio Mobile app is two apps in one. Your place to hear great Catholic programs and music. Here's what listeners are saying about the updated iCatholic Radio Mobile app. I discovered this app looking for an app that would help me with my life. Not one day passes that I don't turn to this app. It's a part of my morning routine, anytime during the day, and especially when I need encouragement. With the new app, you can choose to listen to our programs like Mother Miriam Live or The Catholic Current whenever you like. But you can also switch over to the best in contemporary music by Catholic artists. We even bring you hours of Gregorian chant every Sunday morning. If you do not currently have our app, download it to your iPhone through the Apple Store or to your Android phone by going to Google Play and searching iCatholic Radio. The updated iCatholic Radio mobile app, your one stop for great Catholic programs and music. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, dear ones. Um, uh, we are right in the middle of, uh, more toward the beginning of Cardinal Raymond Burke's message at the um, May 20th, uh, this year, Rome Life Forum um, on um, the consequences of this coronavirus and uh, Our Lady's message of Fatima. Um, and I'll reread the last two sentences. While the state, we're talking about the coronavirus now and that what the state has done or is trying to impose cardinal burke says while the state can provide reasonable regulations for the safeguard of health it is not the ultimate provider of health god is whatever the state proposes must respect god and his law so i say as peter said in the book of acts excuse me you tell us what, whether to obey God or man. We will not obey man. Excuse me, we will obey God. And again, the state has no right to impose anything on us. And if it does, we have a choice to accept or not. If we do not accept, we are right before God to not accept. But there will be consequences. So uh, we need to choose that. 
Cardinal Burke continues, there can be no question that life has become in many respects strange. There are those who have wanted to characterize the confinement to home as almost providential, that is, the occasion to make an extended spiritual retreat or to enhance family life. Certainly, we are called to accept whatever suffering comes into our lives, making it, with the help of God's grace, a source of blessing for ourselves and others. The fact, however, remains that the situation does not correspond to the way in which God has called us to live, and that therefore it constitutes a suffering. We cannot ignore the widespread negative effect of the situation in depression and other mental illnesses, in the abuse of alcohol and drugs, and so forth. While we are called to offer our suffering to God in love of him and of our neighbor, we certainly do not want to foster it as if uh, it were a good in itself. It is also clear, Cardinal Burke says, that individuals and groups with a particular agenda are using the profound suffering in what regards both health and the economy of families, local communities and nations, to promote their agenda whether it be the advance of a single world government, the promotion of environmental causes, and even radical changes in the practice of the Catholic faith in the midst of the disorientation and confusion generated by the international health crisis, we must, above all, turn to right reason and to our faith in addressing the crisis for the good of all. One moment. Okay, Cardinal Burke continues, and so do I. (laughs) From the beginning of the crisis, there has been a failure on the part of the church as one body to announce, listen to this, beloved, from the beginning of the crisis, there has been a failure on the part of the church as one body to announce clearly the gospel and to insist on the exercise of her mission in accord with the gospel, also in times of international crisis. Individual priests and bishops have been wise and courageous in finding the means to remain close to God's flock in their care, especially by bringing the sacraments to those who are ill and dying. But sadly, the general impression among the faithful is that their priests have been taken away from them or have abandoned them. The greater part of the faithful have been denied the sacraments now for weeks. It is tragic now this was in May it's it's months now. It is tragic to hear reports of faithful who ask a priest to hear their confession and receive the response that the priest are forget- forbidden to hear confessions or who ask for holy communion and are told that the priests are forbidden to distribute holy communion outside of the holy mass. It is particularly tragic to hear the accounts of the faithful dying without the help of their priest or without any member of their family or friends present to assist them, and the accounts of lifelong faithful Catholics being buried without any funeral rites whatsoever. In some cases, these tragic circumstances have been dictated by the state, and in some cases, they have been dictated by the church beyond the demands of the regulations of the state 
beyond the demands of the regulation of the state or in conformity with the regulations of the state, which are in violation of religious freedom. The situation, Cardinal Burke continues, has rightly sustained an intense discussion on the relationship of the church and the state in the absence of due respect for the church and for the religious freedom of her members, the state assumes the authority of God himself. It cannot. It cannot, beloved. Dictating to the church regarding the most sacred realities, like the holy sacrifice of the Mass and the sacrament of penance. If we had any doubt regarding the loss of such respect, it was dispelled by incidents in which civil authorities attempted to prevent a priest offering the Holy Mass from completing the sacred action. And I'll just interject here. If you've been up on the news, there have been priests and, that have just entered the Mass and stopped it. It's really uh, awful. From the beginning, Cardinal continues, there has been a failure to make clear that among all of the necessities of life, the principal necessity is communion with God. Yes, we need what is required for our nourishment, health and hygiene, but none of these essential needs can substitute for our most fundamental need to know, love, and serve God. Everyone should have that memorized by now. What is the first question of the catechism? What is the end of man? To know, to love, and to serve God. Cardinal says, as I was taught long ago among the first lessons in the catechism, God made man to know, love, and serve him in this life, and thereby to obtain life everlasting with him in heaven. In the face of an international health crisis, we must turn first to God asking him to keep us safe from the contagion and from every other evil. Turning to God, we find the direction and strength to take whatever human measures are required to protect ourselves according to the demands of right reason and to the moral law. Otherwise, if we falsely think that the combat against the evil depends totally upon us, we take measures which offend our human dignity above and above all our right relationship with God. In that regard, the state should be attentive to the religious freedom of the citizens in order that the help of God may be sought at all times and in all things. To think otherwise is to make the state our God and to think that mere humans without the help of God can save us. I love every word that Cardinal Raymond Burke speaks, and this is ideal, but I think we've already gone past, I don't know if, in general, uh, there may be one or two that stand out, of any state government that respects God. They act as God. They take a power that has not been given to them. I continue here. If there was a lack of respect for our fundamental relationship with God at the beginning of the present international health crisis, there is a similar lack of respect in what is proposed once the crisis has passed. One hears repeatedly, listen to this, beloved, one hears repeatedly the mantra that our life will never again be the same and we can never return to life as we lived it before. It has been suggested, for instance, that the ancient gesture of giving one's hand to another in friendship and trust must now forever be abandoned. 
Also, there is a certain movement to insist that now everyone must be vaccinated against the coronavirus COVID-19, and even that a kind of microchip needs to be placed under the skin of every person so that at any moment he or she can be controlled by the state regarding health and about other matters which we can only imagine. It has also been suggested even by pastors of the church, that the present crisis should lead us to consider again whether Sunday Mass is essential to the Christian life or whether funeral rites are essential to the practice of our faith. Beloved, if I weren't living through this, I would say this is a fiction novel. Twilight Zone. Amazing. Cardinal Burke says, yes, it is true that the experience of the coronavirus COVID-19 crisis has marked significantly our lives, but it must not assume the direction of our lives. Our Lord Jesus Christ remains the King of heaven and of earth. We remain created in God's image and likeness with the gifts of faith and reason. We remain sons and daughters of God, adopted in God the Son, which we can only by the all-wondrous work of his redemptive incarnation. We live in God. We receive God's life in our hearts and souls from the glorious, pierced heart of Jesus. In order to do what is right and just and good for ourselves and for our world, we must return to a life lived in communion with God, using right reason and putting into practice the truths of our Catholic faith. Now, beloved, here is the paragraph that I quoted from Cardinal Burke and which one, um, uh, I think woman, I don't know, woman or man who emailed Uh, asked for a reference. Here it is. The Sunday Mass obligation, for instance, participates in natural and divine law. The third commandment of the Decalogue. Hold on. Okay. The third commandment. Let me start that sentence again. The Sunday Mass obligation, for instance, participates in natural and divine law the third commandment of the Decalogue, which we are obliged to observe unless for reasons beyond our control, we are not able to do so. During the present crisis, it has been said that bishops dispense the faithful from the Sunday Mass obligation, but no human has the power to dispense from divine law. If it has been impossible during the crisis, for the faithful to assist at Holy Mass, then the obligation did not bind them, but the obligation remains. That is so important, beloved. It is so, so important. Nobody, not by any bishop, can be dispensed from what God has given. No human being can change divine law. And as far as... Uh, if, if we have, all through 2,000 years, if there's any situation, illness or accident or other grave matter that has prevented us from being at Mass Sunday, we can go to confession. We're not bound to be at Mass, but 
the obligation remains. It is not lifted. It cannot be lifted. There's the music for our second break, beloved. And we will return um, right after the break. And you know what? I will take your calls and emails right now. Love learning more about the church, but confused or disheartened by the struggles we are facing today? Follow LifeSite News Catholic on Facebook, Twitter, or sign up for LifeSite Catholic emails and stay up to date on the constant stream of news about the Catholic Church. Our church is at a time of crisis, and we as laity have a responsibility and a duty to educate ourselves and stay true to the faith. LifeSite News Catholic is dedicated to keeping the laity informed and educated. To follow us, go to Facebook or Twitter and search LifeSite News Catholic. As Mother Miriam always says, we must live as if it were true. This is Mother Miriam, host of Mother Miriam Live, to let you know that there is a magnificent array of programs that originate from the Station of the Cross, such as Stand Out for Life with Jim Havens and Father Imbarato. They pray for and discuss the pro-life movement each Saturday morning live at 9 a.m. Eastern. You can also listen to Stand Out for Life anytime as a podcast on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. I was raised a Catholic and went to church every Sunday faithfully. I met a boy and he was non-Catholic, so I left the church to be with him. When I was away from church, I yearned to be home. What brought me back was my longing for the Eucharist. The Eucharist fills me with a spirit that you can't find anywhere else. I have a peace when I walk through the doors of the Catholic Church, like that's where I belong. We invite you to take another look at the Catholic Church. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved um, we are going to take your calls and your emails and your texts for this next half hour. Um, it would take the entire program to finish Cardinal Burke's uh, letter and so his address at the Rome Life Forum. So we're going to end right there, but at least we got the reference in that um, no bishop, no priest, no human being uh, can dispense a law that is divine, what God has given. There are reasons why people cannot attend Sunday Mass at times, even beyond the coronavirus, but the obligation is not lifted. Um, and again, they can go to confession or they cannot be bound in certain circumstances, but the dispensation, uh, no dispensation from divine law can be given. Okay, then we'll pick up there tomorrow and I'll reread that paragraph before we continue. We'll go to your emails, your text, and your um, calls right now. Toll-free number again. We've got a half hour to ourselves. Call in with anything at all on your heart. Uh, 1-877-511-5483. 
um, or email at mother at the station of the um, We have an email from somebody who writes it anonymously and says, Mother Miriam, I am married with one child. I met my husband in high school and he opened up to me that he was watching gay pornography, but that it was because he was insecure about himself. Um, nobody should fully un, uh, accept that reason. That's that I, I respect that reason. I accept it, but that's not the full reason. There are many people that are insecure about themselves, but that's the end is not watching gay pornography. So there's other things involved there. Uh, she continues, I thought that I could help and fix him. <laughs> I thought that I could help and fix him and that marriage would solve the issue. We have now been married for two years, and I am very unhappy and sad in this marriage. I have had to beg for his attention and affection. He is very quick-tempered and respectful, disrespectful toward me in front of our daughter. I thought marrying him would help him, but he's gotten worse. He is now actively messaging men to receive nude pictures of them. I do not know what to do, and I am very lost and confused. I would love to hear any advice from you. Thank you. Well, dear one, um, I'm going to give a tough answer here. Um, I don't know that everyone would agree with me, but um, his his behavior in general um, uh, is is bad. And he has no right to disrespect you, and certainly not in front of your daughter. Um, I would sit down and have a serious conversation with him and say, sweetheart, I love you. I never want to depart from you. That's what marriage is about. I do want to help you. I married you because I loved you, and I I was hoping, of course, that as we live together, um, you're the, the, the... deficiencies that you feel in yourself would be more fulfilled and and you would not be addicted to this pornography but it turns out not only has it, it continued but for you to be messaging men to receive pictures of them and actively be involved beyond just uh, looking at pornography on the screen uh, is is something that cannot go on in this house. It absolutely cannot go on. So, sweetheart, I'm going to ask you to speak to a priest, to go to confession. Now, you haven't said that both you are Catholics. I don't know that situation. But, um, and to get counseling. In order to stay in your house, he needs to be willing to undergo counseling and what and whatever program is suggested because he's not going to be able to stop this on his own generally. It's too serious an addiction, and it's been going on too long. And you could say to him, I love you, I respect the fact that it's an addiction, and that we are powerless, really, to help ourselves. We need help from others. If you get help from others, and you agree to stop texting men for nude photos and anything else you do, then I will help you. If not, I need you to leave the house. I'm not filing for divorce or any annulment or anything else because God hates divorce. But 
you cannot live in this house performing such sin and debauchery against God, against me, against your daughter, and against whoever you're communicating with. You, that cannot go on in this house. So either you get help and agree to it right away, or, or you need to leave. That's what you need to do. You need to put your foot down because he's going to destroy. He's destroying himself. He's going to. De- he's already destroying your marriage, and he will destroy your daughter. So, um, no, he, he he needs to get help, or he needs to pack up and leave. You need to separate from him, but he needs to separate from you out of the house. Um, and you tell him you'll pray for him, you're here for him, and he can come back any time as long as he is in counseling and is free from that. Even if he needs to get away from computers or texting or whatever it is, you, when you're, you're addicted to alcohol, you need to get alcohol out of the house. So if he's texting, he needs to get away from his phone, computer, whatever it's going to take to cure him of this disease he's living with. But he must not stay in the house. Um we have a text from somebody who writes it anonymously. Hi, Mother Miriam. Thank you for your program. I am 99% sure that I will be homeschooling my 10-year-old this year. Do you recommend any type of program for homeschooling? Absolutely, yes. I am a little nervous, but no, God is leading me. Thank you so much for all your advice on this. Um, I don't blame you for being nervous. Um, but I think 99% sure uh, is pretty good, 100% is better. Um, If you're not on our mailing list, if you have not received our last newsletter, uh, look it up, motherofisraelshope.org, and just click on newsletter, and you'll see the entire thing. You can print it out, you can download it, you can read it online, or you can email us, just go to contact and email us, And uh, we will put the entire thing in the mail to you. Uh, The entire newsletter is on homeschooling. And we did a survey with 22 homeschooling women. I didn't do it. My dear friend Beth Neubauer did it and sent it to me. And we published that in the newsletter of the best uh, Catholic, solid, Orthodox Catholic homeschooling programs that homeschooling mothers have found that include an entire package so you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You don't have to figure out what curriculum to put together, how to do it. They put it together for you. These are fantastic Catholic uh, organizations. And um, uh, and all the fears that, that uh, women have of homeschooling are answered in those 22 questions. We publish the whole thing in the... In the uh, Fear that they won't have time. Fear that they'll ruin their children because they're not educated enough themselves. Fear that the children won't be socialized. All that is dealt with in the newsletter. So, dear one, get that newsletter online or email us or write us, and we'll put put it in the mail to you. There's no charge. We have a question from Lisa um, who says, Hi, Mother Miriam. When you offer your suffering, do you need to offer each instance throughout the day or is the scapular daily prayer covering your suffering for the day? And not just the scapular daily prayer, but most offer, morning offerings. I offer you all my joys, works, um, 
sufferings, and I forget one, now I'm getting it all mixed up, of the day. And if I have sufferings through the day, if I have truly offered my whole self and all my sufferings to God in the morning, truly meant that prayer, then everything I experience through the day is included in that offering to God without any question. Now, if a suffering comes along and I'm particularly um, agitated by it or hurt by it or consumed by it, then the thing I need to do is say, Lord, this is what I prayed in the morning. I need to offer this to you. Please help me offer it to you. Um, uh, so forth. Okay, so um, uh, that's what I, so, so have confidence in that. Uh, we have Kristen on the line from Los Angeles. Hello, dear friend. Happy Feast of St. Peter Chrysologus. Oh, God bless you, dear one. Happy Feast to you. I just had a quick question because you seem to gloss over it. I, you are aware that um, inversion is grounds for um, yeah. An annulment. Yep, yeah. yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. And pre-existing inversion, especially, even if the man didn't know it, there's too much going on here to suggest that right. this is just something popping up. Yeah, that's right. So uh, you're, you're right. I did gloss over it. Um, uh, because uh, I I almost didn't want to go in that direction. Um, the the first thing that I would always myself recommend, Kristen, is to see if the matter can be solved, even if there were problems at the beginning of the marriage, pre-marriage, where the marriage should not have taken place at all, and therefore there's grounds for annulment. But um, I, my first direction is always to see if it can be worked out. Um, and so if someone can be healed, so that's the first advice I give rather than going for divorce. If that won't, and Lisa, I hope you're, uh, not Lisa, but it was anonymous. I hope you're listening. I, I bless uh, God for Kristen, that if that doesn't work out, there's no question you have grounds for annulment because he was not in a position to marry. And the priest who married you should not have married you. Uh, there was not proper preparation, and again, you didn't indicate that you're both Catholic, so there's an awful lot of factors here. The first thing I would try is what I suggested, and if that doesn't work out, again, if you're if you're uh, married or you were married in a Catholic church, of course you could file for annulment, um, and if you do, then you must get a divorce first, so that's all grievousness. But I, I don't like that as the first answer, but Kristen is right. So Kristen, dear one, you're my you're my patrol force. I just love you calling in when either I'm incorrect or I don't go far far enough. You're terrific. Bye bye. Bye bye, sweetheart. Hold on a minute, everyone. Okay. Pray for me that my cold is better tomorrow. Here we go. We have an email from somebody who writes it anonymously and says this. Let me just take some water. Ah, <coughs> oh, okay. Good morning, Mother Miriam. I would first like to say that my husband and I love listening to you, and it is because I respect your opinions so much that I find myself sending you this email. Well, blessed be God for that. 
And we have to be careful when we're not to be too many teachers because we are so responsible. Hold on a moment. That's why I love when Kristen or a priest or another sister or brother calls in to question things. that We hold one another accountable, and I love that. Um, okay, this person writing in says, You see, I have a small dilemma uh, with one of my boys. I have three. They are 13, 14, and 17. Um, the one that is causing the dilemma is the 17-year-old who has a girlfriend his same age. Now, she's a very good girl and comes from a good Catholic family. But sometimes I question the decisions they make with the kids. With the kids. Do you mean with your children? Do you mean with the 17-year-olds to younger brothers? Is that what you mean by the kids? Um, and so... Um, uh, we're going to continue this email when we come back from the break, beloved. Again, this will be our last segment when we come back. So feel free to call in with anything on your heart. Toll free one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three or email at mother at the station of the cross dot com. We'll be right back. LifeSite News is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, love in truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the internet, with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at LifeSiteNews.com. on to an old car or truck because you think dealers won't want it? Then consider donating it to the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. This is a great way to turn your unvalued vehicle into a powerful gift for Catholic Radio. You'll be taking part in our evangelization efforts to continue spreading Christ's love throughout the world. Our Lord uses Catholic Radio to draw more people to Himself, and one of the best ways to support the Station of the Cross is by contributing to our vehicle donation program. The process is safe and simple. Your generosity will greatly benefit our mission to bring the truths of the Catholic faith to countless listeners. To find out more or to donate your vehicle today, visit thestationofthecross.com or call 1-866-628-CARS. That's the station of the cross.com or 1 866 628 2277.
Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. And I mentioned before the break, this will be our last segment, and so you are free to call in. You are welcome to call in. Our lines are wide open with anything on your heart. Toll free, one 5483 And we're going to continue with this anonymous email, uh, which I'm going to read from the beginning right now. Um, uh, the person who writes anonymously says, I would... Um, Okay, let me go to the second sentence. She thanks us for the program. She said, you see, I have a small dilemma with one of my boys. I have three. They are 13, 14, and 17. The one that is causing the dilemma is the 17-year-old who has a girlfriend his same age. Now she is a very good girl and comes from a good Catholic family, but sometimes I question the decisions they make with their kids. Well, I read the email through during the break, and I realized what this person means about their kids is the uh, the children of the the girlfriend's family the the decisions that the girlfriend's parents make with their children they have told me how much they love my son and how much of a gentleman he is so i guess we are doing something right but just last night my son came home and told me if i would allow him to sleep over um, at their house for his girlfriend's birthday and that the parents were okay with it. Didn't tell you he asked you, right? <clears throat> I think that my eyes must have popped out of their sockets because I could not believe that they would be okay with it. Um, I believe that both kids, I wish people wouldn't use the word kids, both young people are living out their faith and are choosing chastity before marriage, but still, that's like adding gasoline to the fire. I am speaking to my husband about this when he gets home from work because it was late when my son announced this quote-unquote exciting news. Pray for me, and I am anxious to read what you have to say. By the way, my son is a very good kid. We love him to pieces, sweet, caring, and loves God warmly, a devoted listener. Uh, My answer is clearly absolutely not. Absolutely not. And if they think your son is a gentleman, they are right. Gentlemen do not sleep over girlfriends' houses. Absolutely not. Neither does she sleep over your house. Absolutely not. If you ever go on camping trips and invite her, or they go on a camping trip and invite him, uh, I would say that's a possibility provided uh, they sleep in completely different um uh, circumstances and and maybe that shouldn't I, I don't even think it should be a possibility not unless uh, uh, people shouldn't be together even sleeping over one another's homes until they're married end of story until they're married so absolutely not so you know right away that this young girl that your son cares for comes from a less orthodox Catholic family than you. You've already got that message. Doesn't mean they're bad. It means that they are less orthodox, less strict, less holy in their ideas. And so uh, you already know that 
that she is not going to be the best influence on your son if they marry. Um, And you can tell your son that the object of uh, dating is marriage. Otherwise, you don't date. Um, And the object of marriage is to make your spouse a saint. You don't make anyone a saint by sleeping over their house before marriage, even if they don't touch each other. Absolutely not. Uh, Demetrius, hi, um, from New York. Hi, Demetrius. Hi, how are you? I'm wonderful. How are you, dear one? I'm very good. I'm very good. Good. Um, so my question is, I'm a uh, Eastern Orthodox Christian who's converting to uh, Catholicism through the Eastern uh, tradition. God bless you, Demetrius. I think you called in before, did you? No? Yes. Yes, yes. I thought so. Yes. All right. That's fantastic. Go ahead, sweetheart. Um, I pray the rosary every day. Uh, I pray it the way that I was taught by my mother. She's a Roman Catholic. Um, okay. And my question is, um, when it comes to the rosary, um, obviously the the main prayer that we repeat is the Hail Mary and the obviously the glory be in the Our Father. Right. Um, in the Eastern tradition, the Hail Mary and the glory be is different. And I was wondering if it hmm. was acceptable to use those versions of the prayer in Hold the on. in the rosary. Wow. Can you tell me what they are? Um, the glory be is simple. It's uh, glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit now and forever and unto the ages of ages. Amen. That's fine. And then the Hail Mary is uh, rejoice, O Virgin Mother of God, Mary full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb for you have borne Christ the Savior and Redeemer of our souls. Oh, it's beautiful. There's no problem with that. Okay. Absolutely beautiful. I just Demetrius. wanted to make sure. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why I wanted to hear them. Uh, the words are beautiful. The meanings are fully included, even more so, and uh, no problem in the world. Okay, thank you. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm, I'm so glad you call in, Demetrius. Give us a call every once in a while. Let us know how you're doing. I will, I will. Thank okay, you. good, sweetheart. All right. Um, We have an email from Denise in Toronto. Um, Denise says, Dear Mother, I know that you lived a regular life in the world before you were called to the religious life. In so doing, how did you sort out your possessions? That is, how did you get rid of all your possessions? Um, It is possible I will be entering a holy order in the future. Even if I do not, it is my wish to live a more simple life. I have quite a lot of possessions and I have, I have accumulated over my life travels, etc., which include books, mostly religious, furniture, artwork, again, most re- religious. When I think about getting rid of my possessions, I get a headache, <laughs> not because I am attached to them, but because I don't know where to start. I want to donate some, sell some, give some away, but when I think about it, I get overwhelmed. How did you do it, Mother? Before you entered religious life, I was hoping that you could give me a few suggestions on how to organize this based on how you did it. I would be so grateful if you could help me with this. May God bless your vocation as well as all the sisters in your congregation, Denise from Toronto. Denise, I want to point out that all of us, according to the catechism, uh, all of us are called to live uh, poverty, um, uh, 
what's my problem? Obedience, poverty, and chastity. All of us are called to live obedience, poverty, and chastity. The difference between religious and non-religious families is that religious take vows. And so it's a much deeper, stricter commitment that we know in absolutely nothing. But lay people are called to the same life. We should have what we need, and we should not have a great deal of excess. So when we do, we give it away, we can sell it and use the money for the poor, or we can give it to the poor, or we can do whatever we wish to with it. But um, but again, it doesn't matter how much we own, it, it matters what owns us. So um, Denise, I would say right now, Uh, If there's anything that you are attached to, make sure you give that away. Give it to the poor. It doesn't matter if it's a million-dollar mink coat. Give it to somebody who's homeless or sell it and use the money for God's kingdom. Um, You know, you could do a combination of things. Uh, What I have done when I know I'm reducing things is I give what I have. If they're valuable, if they're religious, I give those away for birthday gifts and anniversary gifts and Christmas gifts. It doesn't matter that they're not brand new. If they're beautiful and meaningful, give them away as gifts. You won't have to buy gifts anymore. Have a garage sale or just give the whole thing to Catholic charities or to the poor. Um, the, The issue is detachment and don't worry about clinging to everything. Just open up your house and tell everybody to come in and take what they need. And if they want to leave a donation for it, they can. Lots of ways to do that. I just completely walk away from everything. I didn't have a problem at all. There's nothing in this earth that holds me. Just totally walked away and gave it all away. So um, God bless you, dear. Um, That's our closing music. So we have to go. um, But we'll be with you tomorrow. God bless you.